practices, social communion generate positive feelings and serve as natural rewards for all animals, including ourselves. The first apparent insights into the biological basis of these feelings came nearly 60 years ago from the original discoverers of the so-called pleasure electrodes. James Olds and Peter Milner of McGill University were searching for brain regions that could influence animal behavior. Earlier studies from Yale University, in which electrodes had been inserted into rats' brains, had identified an area that, when stimulated, would cause an animal to avoid whatever action had coincided with the stimulation. While trying to replicate these findings, Olds and Milner came across a brain region that the rodents would take active steps to stimulate, in the same way that animals will repeat any task or behavior that yields a suitable reward. Placing the electrodes in different regions, and sometimes not where they intended, the pair were surprised to find a part of the brain that animals seemed to enjoy having zapped with a mild electric current. Rats placed in a large box were turned repeatedly to the corner in which the researchers would give them a small electric jolt. Using this approach, Olds and Milner found they could steer the rodents to almost any location. In some instances, the animals even chose stimulation over food. If the researchers pressed the button when the rats were halfway through a maze that promised a tasty mash at the end, the creatures simply stayed put, never bothering to proceed to the treat. Even more surprising, when the electrodes were wired so that the rats could stimulate their own brain by pressing a lever, Olds and Milner discovered that they did so almost obsessively, some more than a thousand times an hour. When the current was turned off, the animals would press the bar a few more times and then go to sleep. The results prompted Olds and Milner to declare, We have perhaps located a system within the brain whose peculiar function is to produce a rewarding effect on behavior. The regions the researchers identified, including the nucleus accumbens, which reclines at the base of the forebrain, and the cingulate cortex, which forms a collar around the fibrous bundle that bridges the brain's left and right halves, thus became enshrined as the operational base of the brain's reward circuit. Almost immediately, other scientists reproduced these effects, making similar findings in higher primates and humans. Heath, in particular, pushed the interpretation of his results to the limit, insisting that stimulating these regions not only reinforces a behavior but produces sensations of euphoria. In the minds of many scientists and the general public, these structures become known as the brain's chief pleasure center. About ten years ago, though, the two of us began wondering whether the act of electrical self-stimulation was really the best measure of pleasure. How do we know that subjects stimulate those regions because they like the way it feels and not for some other reason? To probe the pleasure circuitry more precisely, we felt we needed to devise a different way of assessing what subjects, including animals, actually enjoy. For experiments in people, assessing pleasure is fairly straightforward. Just ask. Of course, the resulting ratings might not fully capture or accurately reflect the underlying sensations. Further, such inquisition is not possible in laboratory animals, the subjects in which biology is most easily explored. An alternative approach takes its lead from Charles Darwin. In his 1872 book, The Expression of the Emotions in Man and Animals, Darwin noted that animals change their effect in response to environmental situations. In other words, they make faces. 
we now know that the neural mechanisms underlying such expressions work similarly in most mammalian brains. Hence, certain facial gestures have been conserved in animals as distantly related as rodents and humans, including the yummy faces we make in response to tasty food. Food is one of the most universal routes to pleasure, as well as an essential requirement for survival. It is also one of the most accessible experimental tools used by psychologists and neuroscientists studying animal behavior. In our studies, we've found that the response to food provides a window through which we can observe unspoken pleasures. Anyone who's spent time around babies knows that even the youngest humans have ways of advising their caregivers about the palatability of a meal. Sweet tastes elicit a contented licking of the lips, whereas bitter tastes tend to be met with gaping mouths, shaking heads, and a vigorous wiping of the mouth. The same responses seen in human infants also occur in rats, mice, and non